Welcome to the Cook Coterie Podcast. I'm Marie, and in this episode, I have a chat with Stephanie Haynes about how to create a culture of permission in our homes. Stephanie is an education coach and consultant and shares awesome insights on how parents can create healthy boundaries when it comes to their children's education and life pursuits. Please share this episode with someone who is a parent or soon-to-be parent. Enjoy! Hi Stephanie, welcome to the Cook Coterie Podcast. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining us today. So Stephanie is a very brilliant woman and she's going to teach us about how to create a culture of permission in our homes, in our communities. And so maybe we can just start by you defining what it even means to have a culture of permission. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of ways that a culture of permission could actually be defined or described. But what we're going to talk about today is specifically that culture of permission when it comes to deciding what to do with your life, with your children, getting that option to be able to decide for themselves what to do with their life once they graduate high school. And I think that um, to define it, the culture of permission is based on a parental responsibility and response to their children when their children start talking about what it is they want to do with their life, what kind of career they might want to pursue, and what kind of training they might want to have to get there. And how exactly does that look like? Is it more on the parent to be open or how, how, how does the parent enable the child to want to explore different options? Yeah, that's a really great question because um, most of today's teenagers, and so if you have younger kids, it can start much earlier and easier for you. Most of our culture is kind of based on dictating to them what they need to do. It tells them every day when you go to school, what are you supposed to do? So one of the best ways for parents to begin to cultivate this um, this kind of environment of permission for their teens is for them to say to them, listen, I know you're getting asked all the time what you want to do with your life after high school. We've probably asked you that. Everybody else we know has probably asked you that. We want you to know that we support you. No matter which way you're going to choose to be successful, we know that you're going to get there and we're going to be proud of you. So it doesn't really matter what we think. What really matters is what you want. And in that context, we want to be here to support you, to help you learn about what it is that you might want to do and how best to get there. And so we want to be a resource for you, but we don't want to be a stumbling block, and we don't want you to feel like you have to do anything specific. And from your experience, how has that been like? Like you said, it it might be easier when the children are younger compared to starting with teenagers. But from your experience and people you've worked with, what has the response been like when parents have tried to create this culture within their home? Yeah, you know, the number one response from teenagers is relief. Um, They are very relieved that their parents are allowing this exploration. And I'm going to give a little asterisk to that. I'll come back to that in a minute. Most teens, in fact, even the ones that are defiant, really want their parents to be proud of them. They want the people in their life to see them as valuable. And so when we say around them, oh, you have to go to college, or oh, you have to make a lot of money, or I want you to have a better life than I do, and I don't want you to do the same kind of work I'm doing, what you're doing is telling your teenager that 
if they want something like what you have or something different than what you're telling them that they're somehow not good enough. I know you don't mean that, but they don't know you don't mean that. And so that's kind of the, the discussion. And so when you give teens this permission to say, hey, so you really want to follow in my footsteps or you really do want to go to college, then we get to give them a chance to really explore in the freedom of it. Now that asterisk comes in because they also feel a little overwhelmed. Um, they're not used to not having the guardrails around them. And most of their life, they have been told or given options to choose from. So either choose to go to college or choose not to go to college or choose to take this class or that class, right? It's kind of limited. But now anybody really can step into just about any career and figure out how to get there. And so it becomes very overwhelming to have that freedom. And so I always counsel parents to say things like, listen, we're going to kind of narrow this down with you for a little bit. Where do you want to start? What are your interests? Where does that kind of take you when you think about particular careers? And start there, um, reminding them all the time, this is just exploration. You don't have to stick with this. We're just going to see where this goes. And parents need to remind themselves of that, too. The first career a teenager chooses usually isn't the one they end up with. So if they're thinking that they want to be a gamer, for life and get paid to do it on YouTube. Don't panic. Have them figure that out. What's that going to look like? How are they going to get there? And then say, okay, so if you don't get all those bazillions of subscribers, what do you want to do instead? What about video games do you want to continue working in? So I think that helps, right? Teens feel relieved and they feel a little overwhelmed. What I do notice about parents is they feel very lost and they don't really know how to help their teens figure this out because they themselves have most likely not been given that option either. For that, like the last couple generations, we've been told that college is what we do. We go to high school, we go to college, we get a job, and then we're good. We know that's not true, but we don't really know about the other things that are available to us. And when we think about them, those other options tend to be stigmatized as not as good as getting a degree from a four-year college. So I think parents get a little lost, and that's where I can come in and the resources that I create can help parents kind of learn about it for themselves and really think about these different options in a different way, including the four-year college and university, because not every child is cut out for it, but some children are. And if they are, you want to make sure that they get prepared for that too. I really love the what you use exploration because there is great freedom in exploring and trying out different activities, hobbies to find out what we are passionate about. And you also said, though, that some parents do get lost. And for me, like, I would love for my son to explore and not be afraid to try new things but at the same time as a parent I do have that innate desire in me to keep him safe to want him to kind of like be in a bubble and okay go to university get a job and you're set yeah I don't have to worry about you or lend you money or for you to live in my basement like I'm trying to avoid that right so do you have any suggestions <laughs> yeah, on how parents, as they give space for their children to explore, what kind of boundaries that they can set as well? Mm -hmm. And that's a fantastic question and a really great thing to think about because you're right. 
having that culture of permission in your house doesn't mean that anything goes. There are limits. There are boundaries that need to be set. And so when you're having conversations with your teens or even, you know, earlier children as you go, you need to also have the financial and personal responsibility discussions with them. What does it look like for them to pay part of their future training and education, invest themselves in it, they have to own it. If they're willing to pay for it, then that's something that's important and you know that they're kind of sticking with it. You don't need to have them pay for all of it, but the idea that they need to have a stake in the game is a big deal. Otherwise, they earn their own scholarships wherever they're going. So you've got that conversation. You also need to have the conversation about personal responsibility. Things like, listen, I get it. You may want to live at home while you go to this trade school program so you can save money. That's fantastic. What's your plan for moving out when you graduate? Because three months after that, we expect you to be gone. And that's okay to tell your children. Um, we tend to get afraid that our children won't like us or they'll, you know, do something that we don't really want them to do and we get afraid like you're saying we want to keep them in that bubble of control because we know that this pathway usually leads somewhere good the problem with that is that just because we're conforming to something doesn't mean it's going to work for our children and even our parenting dynamic and so when we expand that and really decide even as a parental unit whether you yourself if you're a single parent or you and your co-parent whatever that looks like you need to have those discussions too about what's in your world. What do you want to have happen with your children and set those expectations. We expect you to be able to take care of yourself by the time you're 24, if you, if you will, you know, think about what that looks like and create that as part of your culture. If your child starts getting a job, teach them they need to save their money. They don't need to spend it all at the one time. They need to save it. And why are they saving it? You know, those parts of parenting, are often overlooked, but they have massive lessons for what comes later. And so I think if we're, we're talking a, co a holistic approach here, it really is talking about freedom of expression to figure out what it is they want to do, what they want to do best, but also boundaries around what the expectations are for how long that gets to take to figure that out. And then the third part of that, we have to let go of the responsibility we feel to make sure our children are successful. It isn't our responsibility. Our only responsibility is to give them the availability to build success for themselves. No option, and I tell parents this and students all the time, a college degree does not guarantee success. Even a college admittance letter does not guarantee success. The only thing that guarantees success is your willingness to show up to class to do all the work you need to do and then to go find a job and then work hard in that job and have the character you need to be successful in that job. So it's not about the option, it's about the person. And so if we as parents can help our children recognize that their future success is up to them, it is not a reflection of me as a parent if my child isn't doing well, it's a reflection of their choices. And as a parent, we need to recognize that because I think for too long we've been told our children's success is representative of our parenting abilities and that's just not true. I definitely agree with you. Even though my son is so young, I do notice that he does copy me and, and follow my every move. Mm -hmm. And it has motivated me to be more aware of my actions. And like you said, we shouldn't take our child's success as a reflection of us. And when one day when my son 
stops copying me and does things on his own for me to recognize like hey he's now his own person and to not take it personally Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a really good point marie and it's not it's not always easy you know when our kids emulate us we feel like we're doing a great job because we're living out our values hopefully and we're teaching those values to our children when they start exhibiting behaviors that either are against those values or are exhibiting those values in different ways, we tend to panic. And that's a completely natural response as a parent. The thing at that point is to look around and say, okay, my child is trying to become their own person and they do need to become their own person. How can I keep reminding them about the values that are important? How can I keep, um, encouraging them to pursue the things they're interested in and analyze how that's affecting their values. Those are the kinds of conversations that you can have with your young children as they're getting older and keep them talking about it. So they're really interested in maybe being a fireman. Let's say that's kind of a common one for young children. They want to be a fireman. That's fantastic. What about that really makes you excited? What do firemen get to do that you think would be so fun? Is it driving in the truck? Is it saving people? Is it running into burning buildings? You know, their answers tend to give you an idea of their perspective. And when you know their perspective, you can see how they're relating the values to what it is they might want to do later. That's key information because as they get older, that generally doesn't go away. Just how they express it starts changing because they're not quite sure where that they want to fit. So you've already started those conversations with them and helping them think through how their values are playing out in different careers. The conversation becomes a little easier. It definitely will help also de- strengthen the parent-child relationship. Because with some of the examples of questions you just mentioned, it does foster trust that you're showing your child, hey, Mm -hmm. let's explore this, let's talk about this, instead of totalitarian parents who are like, no, or they are dismissive or invalidate a child's dreams or even just talking out loud. There's no harm in that. I want to go back to what you said earlier about sometimes parents feeling lost because they themselves, when they were growing up, they probably weren't permitted to explore and try different things. In your experience, have you Mm -hmm. seen, I'm just curious, if as parents have developed this kind of culture in their home, that they've suddenly changed careers or they've started to do things they've never done before themselves? You know, I've started to see parents rethink. And by that, I mean, um, they start first by rethinking what's okay for their children, especially when they start seeing their children be so excited and so happy in pursuing whatever they ended up pursuing if it wasn't what the parent originally thought they should. But the process itself starts changing something within that parent. And that, I think, is true of any adult. They start looking going, huh, am I happy in what I'm doing? Is there an opportunity for me to maybe explore something else? What might I really want to do differently? And that's 
tends to happen, I think, for most parents as they're transitioning into the empty nest. Like, okay, I'm not going to be a full-time parent anymore. What do I really want to do with my life? Do I like what I'm doing? But the younger that parents start with this process, I think it's going to, we're going to start seeing the opportunity for a lot of change in parents who might be in a place they really don't like. Because the same questions that you're asking your children can be the same questions you can ask yourself or have your spouse ask you or have you know your co-parenting, parent, your best friend, whatever. These are all good coaching exploration questions and they make you think. And the purpose of that is to reflect on what it is you really want. And I think that can really be helpful. And I think too, as parents develop a cultural permission for themselves and recognize what they need and what works for them, there's there's also less resentment. Because I've personally noticed parents who've sacrificed so much for their child, you know, saving up thousands and thousands of dollars for them to go to a prestigious school or university and then the child drops out and they're like I sacrificed everything for you I've worked 80 hours a week for the past 20 years for you and it's almost like they're projecting Mm -hmm. their insecurities onto the child and it leads to a riff in the relationship and and in the home And I was curious if you have any thoughts on that and how creating a culture of permission can almost get rid of resentment and tension in the home, especially about finances, because it is a lot of money to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, I do. And I actually have a personal experience with that. Um, My daughter... Uh, chose to go to university when she graduated high school. She decided she wanted to be an athletic trainer. And the only way you can do that is you have to go to a college and you have to get a master's degree in order to be able to do what she wanted to do. She went to a school and did not get into the program in the first year and decided at that point to her graduating in four years was more important than pursuing what she really wanted to do So she took a different program of studies and graduated with a health sciences degree. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. No way did she want to step into that career. Just felt like she wasted those those years. And my husband and I had saved up money and we had been able to say to her, okay, we can fund most of your college education. There's other things like housing and things you might need to pay for, but we can get most of it done for you. So we're like, we just spent all that money (laughs) and you don't want to do this and you don't know what you want to do. So because I'm trained as a coach and I recognize that what we were feeling was a normal response, I decided to start coaching my daughter instead of being a parent with her. And what I mean is a parent tells their child what they think they should do. A coach by training never tells their clients what they think they should do because they believe the client has the answer in themselves and our job is just to ask the questions to get them to that point. So I approached my daughter and I said, you know, we're kind of frustrated and she was feeling bad. I said, what happens if I just coach you through this process to determine what it is you really want to do? And she agreed. And so we began coaching through. 
that was almost, I guess almost two years ago. My daughter is now extremely happy in a cosmetology program for which she has chosen to take out loans for because we did not have any more funds to support that. And we thought, well, you need to own this. And so she did. She is loving every minute of what she does and realizing had she owned the creative part of her side that she thought just wasn't good enough earlier, she probably would never have done what she did and stepped in instead to do this. That kind of conversation helped my husband and I recognize that while we were feeling frustrated, so was she. And she was feeling a lot of shame and she was feeling a lot of guilt. And no parent ever wants their child to feel that. And so we were able to heal together through that process and watching her become so happy that the earlier frustration doesn't matter anymore. Yes, we would like for that money to be back. And she'll tell you, I wish I hadn't wasted all that money. But you know what? We're moving forward and we know that she's building a huge, um, just a huge pathway of success for herself. So does that answer your question? It does, yeah. Thanks for sharing that experience. And I love that your daughter is now in a happy place and she finds great joy in what she's doing. And you mentioned earlier how we need to teach our children about personal responsibility because as they take ownership of what they do, they are able to develop that sense of satisfaction. No matter, no matter how. <laughs> oh, no worries. Sorry about that. <laughs> no matter how difficult the path may be. So, for example, with your daughter, she's taken out loans and she'll have to work hard to pay them back. And so even though there is that so-called inconvenience of taking out a loan, but she does take responsibility for those loans and she's accountable to herself and to the bank or whatever the entity she borrowed from is. And it motivates her because it wasn't handed to her. Not that you handed it to her, but but I have right. I have noticed in my life personally, my parents paid for my university education and things were really tight and I kind of didn't want them to but they kept saying that they want they want to they want to and so I kind of rushed through it I graduated like three years and a semester so not even four because I I felt bad I was rushing through it and when I graduated Mm -hmm. I I remember feeling kind of sad because some of my friends at school and classmates was still at school having fun because college is a lot of fun too and I was like oh man now I have to have a job like I could still be having fun with my friends like why did I rush through it and I felt this pressure and so with my son that's something that my husband and I have talked about because my husband and I grew up in very very different home dynamics he grew up with a single parent like started working when he was like 14 just very very different life from me and so we've had these conversations about how to develop personal responsibility even at a a young age whether it's simple chores or learning how to 
have a, a simple budget at home. And that's something that I'm grateful for because at the start of every semester, I would do a budget and just look over housing and tuition and if I had buffer money to be able to do some other fun Mm -hmm. stuff. And that really helped me a lot. But at the same time, I did really, really feel that pressure to graduate sooner so that I wouldn't be a burden anymore and it was mm-hmm. it was tough I mean that's life we have to learn from our experiences and try to do better for our children you know and that's a that's a really great experience and I think it's a good example often we want to do better for our children just like you said but we tend to translate better into easier. We want to remove all the obstacles from our children that we might have had to deal with. We want to make things easy for our child so they can just get where they need to go and they don't have any of these struggles. We forget that the struggles we experience are where we grew the most. We forget that we got defined by our struggles. And sometimes we chose to be defined in a negative way, But most often, if we look back at our struggles, we realize they gave us some experience to become the human being we've become. And you get to change what that looks like. You can make it work for your good, or you can certainly become a victim and allow that to be the case. But as a parent, removing obstacles from our children does not allow them to develop the grit and perseverance that they're going to need to be an adult in any part of this world. There are struggles. We cannot prevent that from their, our children. And no degree, no career, no anything is going to prevent that. So if we don't allow them to experience consequences and to develop that grit and perseverance from an early age, then when they get out to what's called the real world, they get smacked in the face and they have no idea how to deal with it. And so looking at your example of you struggled, you felt pressure, but you did also say you created budgets to make sure you knew where you were going taking that lesson and showing to your children to say, hey, yes, it feels really hard right now. What plan do you want to develop to work through this season? What do you want to do to make this a little bit easier as you go through it? What are you learning from this? And how do you want to do things differently next time? All of those answers are what really truly gives our children success and freedom versus just fixing it for them, making it easy for them, doing it all for them, and then they just don't know how to do it for themselves. Better doesn't mean easier. I love that so much. I should get a tattoo of that. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because like you said, we need to give our children the tools so that when they are adults, they can handle, quote unquote, the real world. And from my personal experience growing up in Singapore where it is very, very sheltered and I mean, my grandma left communist China, just very, very different upbringing from me and growing up like she would, like if there were leftovers, she would eat them, like she would never be the one to take the first slice of pie. That was kind of like her attitude. And so I always kind of like felt that way, like, oh, like I should let other people go first, kind of like a a people pleaser mentality. 
But I've realized that as I love myself and recognize my own worth, that I'm able to actually better help and better serve those around me, especially my family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. We're talking about better <laughs> being easier. Oh, so going back to not removing obstacles, I think too that as we show what the real world is within our own homes, that we are better able to prepare our children for the time when they do become adults. Because it can be very daunting if they're if children are sheltered their whole lives and then suddenly they're 18 mm-hmm. and boom, they're out in the real world and it's dark and dreary and sometimes people are rude. Going to the DMV still gives me so much anxiety. Like, but I, like when my son, you know, goes to get a driver's permit or a license, you know, I want to be able to like coach him and say, hey, this is what to expect. It's the person's probably going to be rude to us, but we're going to be calm. You know, like I want to be able to better prepare him. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, take him with you when you go. You know, give them the experience of watching you go through it. Um, We tend to, and I get it, sometimes kids do not, it's hard to have them behave appropriately and bored, especially waiting at, say, the D. I get it, it's not always easy. But involve your children in as much of living life in a, a way that, that you want to use to reflect the values that you're instilling in them. Keep them with you. Help them live that. Watch, have them watch you. And when you're done, ask them, so what did you think about that experience? What was enjoyable to you about that experience? What did you learn from that experience? You know, that we tend to, like you say, shelter our children. Sometimes it's because it's easy. And this is not like you should do this every single time in 24 hours and all that. You have to pick and choose, right? But the idea is if we parent with an idea, but we want to reveal the world to our children through our safety net at first so that we can teach them how to interact with the world, then when they do, they understand what it's going to be like and they feel prepared, especially if we've been encouraging them to develop their values, to pay attention to their passions, and then using that to develop what they want for their career and helping that lead them in their pathway. Well, now we've really set them up for a a much more of an ease in terms of success. It's still going to be hard, but they're going to be willing to do what's hard because it's something they're passionate about, they're excited about, they know how they're going to change the world. Whether or not they get to is not up to us, but they know what they want to do. We don't necessarily have to sit down and buy what do you want to do, but just casual conversation in the car, over dinner, after watching a movie. What did you think of that? I I really like that. Stephanie, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for having a conversation with me today. I learned a lot. Could you share with our listeners where they can connect with you or learn more about your work? Yeah, sure. Um, The best place is to head over to my website, and that is stephaniehaines.net. And so my name is S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.net. And there's a ton of resources for parents on that website. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm known as Ed Coach Steph Haynes. 
Um, and you can find me on um, LinkedIn as well under my profile name, Stephanie Haynes. So you can connect me in a variety of ways. Um, and I would love to hear from you if you have questions about your own experience with your children. On the website, you can go ahead and schedule a free call. And we can sit and talk about them for about 30 minutes. And you can hear kind of some of the things that we're talking about as it relates to their particular child. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate your time. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or share it with someone you love. For my podcast listeners who might not know yet, I have a free Facebook community just for daughters of narcissistic mothers. It is a safe space to learn about narcissism and heal and support each other. The link for it is in this episode's description. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.